Thanks for listening to Matt McLaughlin History. Become a subscriber to receive exclusive bonus episodes, ad-free listening, early access to all episodes, and special member-only events. Click on the link in the show notes or visit patreon.com forward slash mmhistory. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Living History Podcast. Broadcasting live across the airwaves. Hello everyone, welcome to a special bonus episode of Living History. There's there's a book out now which I thoroughly recommend that everyone get their hands on if you're interested in the service and sacrifice of the men of the first AIF. It's called Duty Nobly Done and it's really quite an extraordinary account of 11 family members, all from the same family, who went off and served in the Great War and joining me to talk about it is the author of that book and a member of that family, it's Adam Holloway. Adam, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you, Matt. It's a real pleasure, mate. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Now, I've read uh, I've read the book, and it's it's quite an extraordinary tale. I mean, I think as Australians, we all have family stories. Most of us would have a tale of of one or possibly two members of our family who went off and served, but eleven members from the same family. I mean, how how did you even come across this incredible story? Uh, absolutely incredible. I my father was doing our family tree and was in contact with one of our family members in Victoria. And uh, through his extensive family research, we discovered that um, it wasn't just my great-grandfather who'd gone off to the war. It was actually uh, him, two brothers, and eight cousins. And we were given what I then called the list, which was these 11 names. And essentially, I, I was excited at first, and then I wanted to find out as much as I could about them. So using all the normal databases, I just sort of profiled each of them to get to know them better, uh, which units they'd been in and uh, things like that. So that's that's how it sort of started, just as a, a family research project. And it's grown into this quite extraordinary book. Now, I've got a list of the members of the family here. I'm going to read them out just to demonstrate how many people we're talking about here. So there's Alf, Eddie, Chick, Ernie, Bill, Noog, Hilton, Frank, Eric, Arthur, and Ern, all from a couple of different family names there, but all, as you say, cousins and brothers. I mean, they all had extraordinarily different experiences, didn't they? And some of them served through Gallipoli, some of them served through the Western Front. I mean, why don't you give us an overview of just, uh, it, it would probably take uh, far too long to go to each of their stories, but give <laughs> us an overview just of some of the uh, the service of these family members. Yeah, that's right, Matt. I, I think when I once I started to actually delve into each of their their personal stories i was amazed at just how broad our family's involvement in the great war was um as you say they they all come from the one set of grandparents i think the thing that intrigued me the most was that all 11 have the same grandparents so it was one bloodline all the way down and and i thought what an enormous sacrifice from this 
this small family and and of course you're proud as you say of having um, Anzacs in your in your family but to find this many it was uh, truly a light bulb moment that transformed it from a project into a into a book and when I discovered that one of the boys Frank who the the book starts with is one of the original members of the 9th Battalion uh, credited first to shore at Gallipoli and he actually um, rode one of the boats in and so essentially the book starts with the first shots at Gallipoli and then travels through the the four years of the war to the last battles on the Hindenburg line um, with Frank at 9th Battalion he was at Gallipoli and I was able to chart his movements as best as is actually possible as you know it's almost impossible to to grasp an understanding of exactly who was where on those first four days but um, through his letters and just uh, battalion records we learnt to a certain degree where he was and who he was with um, after Gallipoli we move on to the western front where the other 10 now start to arrive and and enlist so uh, Ernest Nug Holloway was the first of the boys to go into battle on the Western Front and also as part of the 9th Battalion from the 14th Reinforcements. And he was there on the 23rd of July when they attacked the village to capture the village um, of Poziers. And uh, at that time, before I even learnt about the other 10, Ernest was the only one we knew had been in the First World War. So... I was able to travel there in 99 and went to Poziers, but I had no idea the extent of the family involvement or exactly what he did when he was there. But in 2012, I was able to go back and follow them all through the Western Front and follow each of the respective battalions. And um, as you say, the, the boys are across a broad range of, of units as well, which allows them to be involved in just about every battle on the Western Front. So... Um, Nug's brother Chick is with the 15th Battalion and then um, his other brother Bill's with the 49th. So we have a, a procession of battles through 1916 with the 26th Battalion with Hilton in, uh, in action uh, in 1916 as well. And then we move into 1917, more boys start to arrive at the front in a procession of uh, different units. The 42nd uh, Battalion also features um, yeah, so battles of Bull Corps and Stormy Trench earlier in the year. So I'm starting to learn as we go along about these very significant battles that the Australians fought in. So it was it was amazing to see the range of battles and battalions these boys were in that really helped unfold the story as it went along with the war's timeline. You're absolutely right, mate. And what I what I love that you've done about this is rather than just tell the family history, you've really given a great account of the service of the AF through that perspective of the family and I think that's really great because I get sent a lot of family memoirs and, and stories like that and absolutely no offence intended to anyone who sends those through. They're really important, but they tend to be mostly important to the family. But what I love that you've done here is you haven't just told a family story. You've, you've given a fantastic account of the entire range of battles that the AAF participated in during the war through this very specific lens of your family. It's really quite a remarkable achievement. Oh, thank you very much, Matt. I do appreciate that. The the uh, six and a half years that I spent uh, researching and writing, um, I really wanted to make sure that I understood uh, everything there was to know about each of these boys and their mates and the battles that they fought in so that I could do them justice and really honour their memory. And 
um, through the, the fantastic resources that we have available to us through the War Memorial, uh, the National Archives, and through Trove with digitized newspapers. They really do open up a whole new world. And I was mindful, as you say, um, of not making it just about my family. And I really wanted to create a narrative style that really puts you in the trenches with the boys and really gets you uh, emotionally engaged with what they're going through. And I wanted to make sure that the stories were told about them and their mates. And these are the stories that don't get told as often as the other more well-known figures in in the, the Great War. And so... It's, just, it's written as much for every Australian serviceman that served on the Western Front in Gallipoli and, and throughout that terrible conflict as it is for my family. And I always encourage my readers that if they have a, a descendant, or sorry, if they have a relative who was in the war, that they can just as easily put their fellow's name in that situation and know that that's pretty much what he would have been going through, fighting side by side with his mates. I undertook a, a big responsibility to make sure I got everything right and um, and make sure that people would learn about those lesser-known battles. So, yeah. How many of the 11 blokes in the family survived the war? So, at the end, by the end of the war, eight of the 11 returned home. Of the eight that came back, all of them had gotten the way of something uh, on more than one occasion on a few of them. At least two of them had been wounded more than four or five times uh, during the war. And what I've done also is just to satisfy people's curiosity as to what happened to these boys when they came home. For those that um, left a small part of themselves on the Somme or on the slopes of Gallipoli, is they, they never fully returned home. And I've provided an epilogue so that people can understand a little bit about what briefly what life might have been like for these boys when they came home and what... Uh, the sort of problems they encountered, whether it was depression or alcohol or, or what we might call PTSD, and even their their uh, dramas going through repatriation and pensions and soldier settlement. So it, it was also another fascinating chapter to briefly look at as I was finishing the book. Of the 11 brothers and cousins, which are the stories that stand out most for you? I think without um, giving too, too much away, I th- I think for me people will really enjoy the the very different style the very different um men in the 11 there is frank for me is is an, uh, an amazing story he's he's one of those fellows who the minute that war is declared he's been scouring the newspapers the minute the war is declared he's already said i'm going to be i'm going to be going he he joins up with his best mate um arthur harley who I had the pleasure of meeting his grandson as well, Arthur Harley's grandson. So the connections I've made have also added to the whole experience through talking to descendants of um, not only my boys but also their mates, finding photographs and letters and diaries that sort of just help fill in those blanks and create this other world that I could uh, write about. But I, I think Frank, for me, being one of the original 9th Battalion and just the type of man that he was, was it was a real standout for me. And the other chap that really stands out for people, that he's one of their favourites, is Chick, Henry Chick Holloway. Uh, he was a, a fireman on the locomotive engines on the Western Line. He joined with the 15th Battalion and he was a 
bit of a lad. So I think he's he's one of those stereotypical type of people that think the Australian soldiers were um, that went went away to war. Um, fairly rough around the edges, but a, a, a good heart to look after his mates. And he earned his nickname uh, Chick because he was virtually afraid of nothing. And as as you'll read through the book, it's something that he demonstrates time and time again in the heat of battle. So um, and just getting to know them and, and the fact that there's like, there's four sets of brothers as well throughout that. So you have you know, the Brooks brothers, their mother was a Holloway. So it's Hilton and Ernie and they come from West End and they sing in the church choir and they're as straight as they come. And um, they were, they're an interesting difference to the boys from Roma who are a bit more country, a bit more rough and ready. And then, so it was, it was interesting to discover the different types of personalities and, and the interactions that they all had. But um, I hope, hopefully, have created a, an idea of each of those boys that people will, will resonate with them and that they can get to know them and actually care about them. Some of my, my, my favorite reviews have been that people who've cried or laughed or felt a real sense of loss uh, when something didn't go quite right, so... Well, you've certainly managed to do that in the book, Adam, and I think the thing that's most important to say to people is that the, the, the thing that strikes me about this is, as individual as each story is of these men, they're also fairly typical. So if you had a relative who served in the 9th Battalion, for example, and you read about what these boys in the 9th Battalion went through, you can rest assured that your relative at that time was going through pretty much the same thing. So it's, 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 it's as you say, it's not just for your family. It really is for anyone who has an interest in the AIF. When you were writing this, Adam, did you some of these men you obviously didn't know very much about? Did you feel that you had a great discovery, a great a great new understanding of your own family as as this book evolved? Man, that's a that's an awesome question because I think what, what the thing I learned about my family is I, I have to admit that when my my only photo I had of my great grandfather who was in the war, um, I won't give that away, <laughs> um, was when he was in his fifties and he had glasses on. And he looked like a like a, a desk clerk, not to not to cast aspersions on that profession, but I never got the impression of him as a warrior. And so I thought that if he went off to the war, he probably was just behind the lines. But then to finally discover exactly who he was and what he went through really explained a lot about the stories I'd heard of the type of man he was when he came back from the war. When some of the boys come home, some of them handle their problems with alcohol. And of some of the boys, the alcohol transformed them into an unpleasant person. And sometimes they were just a, a quiet, happy drunk, as they say. So I think, I think learning a bit more about the willingness of my family to, to do what they thought was the right thing, to do their duty, uh, had a real sense of service. I think that's something that really resonated strongly with with me and each each time discovering something new about them was just an amazing amazing moment uh finding a new letter or another diary entry or some of those times as you probably know is when you have a gut feeling about something and then it gets confirmed it's it's a great feeling to know that you're on the right track and the other thing too was learning about all the battles that the Australians fought in that no one no one's heard of before and I think that was one of my number one goals writing this book, as you've pointed out, was making sure that there was a, an engaging history 
so that people are being not only entertained but engaged and they're learning. They finally understand the full extent, not just the anecdotes and the, the cliches, but the actual genuine stories and what a day-to-day life was like for these boys right to the end. Adam, what advice would you have for other people who want to research their family's involvement in the First World War? Well, I think the, the best advice I would do is to make sure that when you, when you start doing it, be, be prepared to catalogue it immediately so that you're not constantly going back and forth revisiting it. I was blessed with my previous life. I was uh, an investigator as, as a police officer, so I'm fairly good at gathering evidence and, and uh, cataloging it properly. So if, that would be my number one thing would be to do that. But the other thing too would be to uh, not only not only because it's yours, but one of your podcasts which explains how to research an Australian soldier is absolutely awesome because it, it talks about all the different databases that are available and, and how to access them. And um, I'd, I'd managed to find all that out on my own, but uh, for other people that, that would be an invaluable resource to actually to watch that podcast that was uh, or listen to it and then watch it because it was it just covers off on all those different databases um, and allows you to, to build that picture of your, your relative because, as you know, the official service records can have gaps in them and um, gaps of time for up to six months in some cases. Um, for one of the boys, as an aside, one of the boys, I was looking at um, his service record and there was an inexplicable six-month gap of service and I could not work out where he was. And then all of a sudden, after some more research and digging around, I found a letter which basically word for word explained what he'd been doing for that six months. So that was an amazing find and allowed me to move forward with confidence and not just gloss over that period because it was quite significant what he had been doing. And it really, I think, added to his character and his story. So being patient would also be another piece of advice I would give that you won't find it all in one go and you will need to do some legwork, ring around, email people, and sometimes don't take no uh, as the first answer because even if you're related to people, they sometimes aren't as forthcoming as you'd like them to be with documents. But if you're persistent, and you, you, you can sometimes be rewarded. So, yeah, being patient and, and be persistent. And if it's there to be found, you'll be rewarded with finding it. So, and that's what I found when I was doing it. Well, very well said, Adam, and, and thank you for mentioning my uh, podcast and um, my YouTube video about researching an Australian soldier because we are just blessed in Australia with the uh, the amount of resources that are online. So people can uh, listen to that podcast uh, and look at that YouTube video for my advice about researching a family member because there is just so much valuable content online that it's certainly well worth doing researching your own family. Adam, just finally, having been through this great adventure over many years and produced a wonderful book, why is it important? Why is it important that we remember what these blokes did? I mean, it's over a century ago now. None of them are still with us. Why is it important that we learn more about these stories and that we remember them? I find it important to to remember, and I always say to, to my children, that we, we remember the sacrifice of these boys, not to be upset about it and dwell on it and think of the negative aspects, but think of of the, the servant hearts that they had in in the defense of freedom. I think that um, the casualties were enormous and, and absolutely unbelievably regrettable that so many young men had to die to achieve that ultimate victory. And one thing in my book, I don't, I don't argue about whether it was right or wrong or whether the British high command did the right or wrong thing or, or things like that. It's, 
as you say, it's told at that level where the soldiers, they're just, they're going out there and they're doing their job and they're looking out for their mates. And I think it's important to remember that because it, it, it wasn't all in vain. We live in the freedom and have the society that we have because men like this stand up, men and women stand up to tyranny and they, they go in and they, they stand up to bullies and they stand for something. And I think that typifies that whatever people want to call Anzac spirit, I think it's that mateship. It's that being able to adapt to situations, to overcome and to lay down your life and to give your last mouthful of water or your last bit of bread. I think it's these are lessons that we can use in everyday life. And I think to to forget the boys and girls who set the standard for our military and, and I guess the way of life that we have would be a real disservice to them. So I think I think without dwelling on the, the macabre and the the violence of the war, I think their sacrifice should, should never be forgotten because they died doing what they thought was right to help other people escape tyranny and aggression. And I think that's something we should all strive for. Very well said, Adam. Well, thank you for taking the time to come and talk to us about the book. The book is available now. It's called Duty Nobly Done by Adam Holloway. It's an extraordinary account of 11 family members in the Great War. Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on Living History. Absolute pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.